This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey up, it's the No Name Never podcast, with your host, Jamie Smith. Good evening and welcome to tonight's podcast. My guests this evening are James Bird and Andy Devaney, who is with us again after a little absence due to injury. Welcome back to the show, Andy. We'll kick off with talking about Saturday's game against Derby County. Burnley won 2-0 against Derby after a controversial red card to Chris Martin made our job slightly easier. Two wins over promotion rivals in the last week have put Burnley in prime position for that second automatic spot. We've now got a five-point cushion back to Derby. Andy, what did you make of the game on Saturday? Um, after missing seven, um, well, no, I've been on the last two, uh, missed seven before that, and to not be beaten in all that time is pretty good. Um, a full and, year on being at home now, of course. Yeah, in the in the league, yes. Um, I think there's only Chelsea, isn't there, that's, um, that's, that's got a better record than us. Um, us beating, Chelsea in England, yeah, still unbeaten this season. Beating uh, Derby and Forest are, are two top results, um, you know, Burnley historically, we always seem to be. We get to that point where we just need that win, and we always seem to slip up. But this season, we don't seem to be doing that. And um, I think um, I'm quite confident now. Although I were at the start of the season, it's been a really positive sign, hasn't it? And these last two home games that we we've met the challenge of the the rivals coming to the turf and put a big dent in in. Forest and then Derby's promotion challenges as well. You've got to say now that we'd be favourites for that second spot. Um, yeah, I think so. Unless you read the, uh, the Daily um, Express that says that Harry Redknapp's still going to get there. Um, I mean, it's it's not that long. It's only a few weeks back and they were just sort of sneaking above us and now we're nine points in front of them. Um, so I still think we can catch Leicester. Um, they may slip up yet. Nugent might get injured. I don't think we should give up on catching Leicester, but obviously they've got eight points on us, so it would take a little while, but they only need to lose one game, and then if we beat them, it's only a couple of points, so we're still there or thereabouts. Um, James, 2-0 against Derby on Saturday then, and um, I suppose the defining moment that we should really start with was the penalty incident. What did you make of Chris Martin's second yellow card for um, a bit of simulation? Um, I said at the time I thought it was a dive, um, but I think... 
since maybe that was a, a bit harsh for him. I think he's he's probably slipped. Um, it's certainly not a penalty, though. I mean, if that's a penalty, then you, you're giving penalties for pretty much any sort of contact. I don't really think Trippier touched him, to be honest. I think he was already going down. Um, he did look sort of to, to the referee, so I think he's he's got the intention of wanting to cheat the referee there. So I don't think he can really argue with a red card. It's tricky, isn't it? Because you've got to say it's doesn't always have to be a penalty or a dive. They can just be a coming together. Like, there was a couple later on, I think, Bamford and Barnes both went down in the box and the referee didn't really give anything. But with the one with Martin, he did look like he, he had an arm up appealing for the penalty. And if he was doing that and he wasn't touched, then it is stimulation. And I think the referee is right to book him. But he could have been sent off before that, couldn't he? He was charging around the pitch, fouling people all the all the way through the match. Yeah, I think a couple of minutes earlier, he's just caught Shackle with a stray arm and uh, he, he does go down with quite a bit of embellishment, I think. And, uh, you know, you, you do think that he's perhaps just brought it on himself a little. I think that's a fair way to put it. We've been having so many arguments on Twitter with Derby fans who were insistent that the referees con them out of a result. Um not even mentioning the fact that we beat them 3-0 at their place earlier in the season and they got one of the worst penalty decisions you'll ever see and still didn't score from the spot. But their, their misery, Andy, was compounded by the fact Jeff Hendrick put the ball in the back of the net as Martin was sat on the floor. So in Derby's mind, it should have been one all, But instead, it was 1-0 and their striker was sent off. What did you make of that incident? Did you get a clear look at it? Um, I sit in the Jimmy Macupper, so we were like, to the opposite side of the goal from where it was and on first uh, inspection I thought the ref had blown for a penalty and I thought it was a penalty from the angle I was so trippy was sort of between me and him so it looked like a penalty um, and then they scored and I thought oh that's it and then it's quite amusing to see that it's not <laughs> and we've we've sort of not had a penalty given against us and the goal's not given because he's already blown um, just you know you, you get the look of the draw some weeks and you don't others, you know. We're I w- Burnley fans are going to say it wasn't a penalty, and Derby fans are always going to say it is. But um, on when I've seen the replays and things, I think he. I agree with James. I think he slipped, um, and he, like you said, he appealed for a penalty. Therefore, it's cheating. So it's a bookable offence, and he's already been booked. So to tar. I absolutely agree. I think we're all on the same page with this. I think he probably is slipping before there is any contact with Trippier, if there is any. And all the replays I've seen are fairly inconclusive on that. It's not clear whether Trippier did catch him or not. But even still, he's trying to con the referee into giving a penalty. Um, There's certainly no debate over it being a disallowed goal because the whistle had gone before the ball was in the back of the net. So absolutely no chance of it being one all because it had to be either a penalty or a booking for diving. And I think it's calmer in a way for the way Chris Martin had played for the whole game. I think Martin had been told to try and rough up our team a little bit. I think that was a, a prepared tactic by Derby, and I think we saw that from a couple of the other players. I think they were intending to be a bit physical to try and get in their faces, and although it was a contest for the first half an hour, I think as soon as we got in front, we were in control, and then obviously the red card sets us on the way. Um, but I thought it was a pretty tight game before that. Derby had a good period in the second half, but... Yeah, I, th- I think we were good value for our 2-0 and certainly over the course of the two games you've got to say that we were farcy. Next to the Derby fans whinging, even stranger. James, what, what have you made of the re- the reaction from Derby fans? It's been 
very, very odd, I think, to see them arguing that they were the better side for the 90 minutes and that the referees conned them out of a result. I think it's absolute nonsense the way they've been going on. Yeah, I think, to be honest, I think the referee actually did them a favour. They look much, much better with 10 men. <laughs> um, but they have taken a sort of very strange attitude to it. They've they've gone to a ground where you know, no one else has managed to win this season. So it's surprising to see them sort of have such an entitlement um, in their eyes to have come away with more than they got. We are still seeing teams... Well, fans more than teams, I suppose, but people are still having this attitude that we're going to fall away and that it's going to be a foregone conclusion and they'll be able to come to Turf more and get points, even though it's a full year now since we've been beating home in the league. Um, I want to come back to that a bit later, actually, because it's it's startling how far we've come and there's been some tweets getting retweeted around that I personally posted from the known and ever account that look a bit silly in hindsight, but at the time were a snapshot of, of how bad we were. But... Yeah, it's a full year on beating at home, so you'd think teams have, have got wise to the fact that we are going to still be up there, but plenty of fans still arguing that that their, that their teams are going to be better, and it didn't really make any sense to me when we've got that five-point cap now and we want to be in control. Obviously, next up is Rovers at the weekend, and we'll talk about the derby in detail later in the podcast, but as things stand, Andy... You were one of the few fans at the start of the season to predict promotion might be on the cards. Uh, I suppose you, you're feeling vindicated at this point, aren't you? You must be confident that we're going to go on and make prom- promotion happen now. Like you said, um, people thought we were going to fall away. We had a good start to the season. Um, the start to the season doesn't end till May, so um, we're going to keep going. Um, yeah, I'd, I, there were a lot, like you said, there were a lot of negativity, weren't there? Um, you know, everyone was sort of annoyed that Austin had gone and we weren't going to score any goals. And I was quite confident that um, that that we were. And like I said at the time, you've got if you're going to enter a competition, you've got to have an aspiration to win it. And, and I think that's what Dice has sort of put into them. That you know they're taking every single game as it comes. Anything when they're interviewed, they're not looking beyond one game, and they're certainly not seeing anything about promotion. And um, you know, it's it's working, and um, I don't think we'll fall away. I think we'll uh, stay at the distance and go up automatically now. But it's it's a different challenge, isn't it? Now that we've we've put Forest and Derby away, and it's now a case of getting enough points on the board to make sure that we do go up. It's, you've got to say that it, it is in our hands now. We can afford a bit of a slip up at Ewood, and I think we'd probably all take defeat at Ewood if promotion was offered today. But yeah, I think. The position we're in now, I think, is exceptionally strong. Uh, just mentioning the predictions that we all made at the start of the season when we when we started doing the non and ever podcast. I think James was perhaps the next positive one after you, Andy. I think James said about seventh, and Adam reckons he said about eighth. I think I was saying about mid table, but no one really expects us to struggle, do they, James? But it's it's a surprise to everyone that we've been right at the top for most of the season and we've only really had a, a little bad spell in December but apart from that we've got the real deal all season haven't we? Yeah I mean to be honest if you look back at the games we have lost um, in a couple of them you could say maybe we were a bit hard done by um, you know particularly Brighton where Brighton away yeah that was, was that was harsh wasn't it with a Tom Heaton red card Yeah it was a tight 1-0 game uh, until Heaton gets bizarrely sent off and uh, then it's sort of a foregone conclusion that we're probably not going to win that one. Um, I think there's only really the Borough game that you'd look at and say, 
that was really disappointing performance-wise. And uh, I guess Huddersfield as well, that was a, a bit yeah, of a weak we, one. We were a Brit rubbish Huddersfield away, although that was um, when Dean Marnie was injured. So I suppose that's a, a contributing factor there. Yeah, but I mean, if those games aside, you know, we've shown some some games where we can come back from tough positions. Obviously, Millwall away, we were two down and came back to get a point. Um, and I think that's the kind of spirit that people had seen so we're in the squad at the beginning of the season that led people to say we wouldn't struggle, um, but we wouldn't really be pulling up trees either. Well, exactly, and one of the big reasons behind that has been the, the amount of goals the front two have scored, the Vings boys, Danny and Sam Volks's Vings um, was Kev, I think, Kevin Robinson came up with Vings as a nickname and the club started catching on to that a few months late, but yeah, our Vings t-shirts I think are selling quite well as well, but those two lads have done outstandingly. I think that's 40 odd goals for the season. And Andy, Danny Ings, he said he was going to get 40 goals. He's he's on a bit of a dry spell by his standards, isn't he? That's four without a goal now. Needs to pull his socks up a little bit, doesn't he? Probably, <laughs> Hopefully, he's been saving something for the weekend. I'm hoping. He'll probably bang six in. He'll, <laughs> bang, he'll bang six in for England, won't he? And then, and then another double hat trick on Sunday. <laughs> that's up so I am hoping that he's saving two. something up if he's saving something for Sunday against Rovers I'll be quite happy but he, played well, he played well on Saturday I mean he, the, the little the cheeky little chip to uh, to Jones for his goal was was superb it was fantastic yeah it was one of those pieces of skill that you don't really appreciate in real time did you it just looked like it pops up to, to Jones when I was yeah. watching it in real time from the back of the long side but if yeah that been, the replay and it's fantastic if that had been Arsenal and uh, Giroud and uh, Wiltshire or something they'd have been showing it all day long on match of the day yeah absolutely and I think with Ings I think it's just uh, I'm not sure what it is we spoke about it a little bit on the podcast last year Last week we said he was maybe trying to do a bit too much, maybe hit the ball a bit hard, maybe try and do a bit too much with it. But yeah, I'm, I'm sure the goals will start coming again. And while we've got other people chipping in, it's not much of a worry. In fact, it's extremely good news for me that David Jones and Dee Marnie were on the score sheet on Saturday. I think we've needed more from midfield. So really good news that they've scored and Scott Arfield hadn't got many for a while, so it was good to see him score against Forrest as well. It's going to be really important, isn't it, James, that we continue sharing these goals out and don't rely on the Vings boys too much between now and the end of the season because they can't score every week, can they? Yeah, I think I'd seen a stat that they'd scored, um, I think it was 72, maybe 75% of all of our goals um, before the weekend. So you'd definitely like to see it spread out a little bit more than that. Though I think it has as well quite often been that one's scoring when the other one isn't. Yeah, um, absolutely. And as long as you get that and they're not both sort of struggling for goals, then uh, you, you'd think you'd get by OK. It's extremely rare, in fact, that Burnley have won, that neither of them have scored, which just shows the extent that we do rely on them. But I suppose that's a continuation, in a way, from um, from last season when Charlie Austin scored most of our goals. And we've just seen in recent weeks how QPR have struggled when Charlie Austin's been out injured. So maybe they should have learned from our our mistakes last season. We've got some comments to go through on the Derby game before we move on to one of the many, many topics we've got lined up this evening. Gangs has been on, he says, McLaren's negative tactics cost Derby a result. Absolutely agree there. I think he set them up to be too physical to try and get in our face and we were just too good for them playing that sort of game. He says he also showed us a bit too much respect. That They did sort of get in and around as well. Hughes, I know um, Dakar, he's pointed out he was looking not to get sent off. He was diving in 
a few times, though. Yeah, I think they were certainly not as scared to put a few feet in. Tom Williams says um, Chris Martin was asking for a red card from the whistle. Dakery says Martin was fouling Shackle left, right and centre. Absolutely right. It was all over the place, Chris Martin. I thought it was an absolute disgrace to to Derby at the weekend, and I couldn't believe there were Derby fans clapping him off when he'd essentially just been sent off for cheating. It's absolutely bizarre. Roger says, Chris Martin made Rod for his own back. He pushed, pulled, fouled, dived, and complained the whole time he was on. He was making it difficult for the refs to work out what was going on. So the decision went against him. I think that's spot on as well. We will move on now to um, the Player of the Month award, which we went through briefly on the podcast last week. We were unanimous that Sam Volks was going to be the man for January. I think he scored five goals in five games last month. And the public vote came out much the same as well. Sam Volks is away on international duty with Wales this week. He'll be expecting to start for them Wednesday night, I think that is. Sam Volks came out with 40-odd percent of the vote. I'm just checking how much it was now. But he was well clear from the next person. It was Volks well in the lead, and he did score 48% of the vote, so almost half. Kieran Trippier was in second place. He got 21% of the vote um, after he came, came up with three assists, I think it was, over the course of the month. And um, Dean Marnie came third in the vote after his excellent month as well. Dean Marnie been a very important part of our play in recent weeks. And I do just want to mention Marnie briefly before we move on to talking about the Rovers game. Dean Marnie, um, very stats online actually, saying how many yellow cards he's up to. But if he gets to 10 before the deadline when the yellow cards are wiped, then he will have a two-game suspension. He's on nine. Is he definitely on nine? Because nine. there's various places saying different numbers. So if he's on nine, that means if, well, I say when, when Dean Marnie gets booked at Ewood on Sunday, he will have two games out. So my question is, do we need to sign someone on loan to cover him? Obviously, we've struggled a little bit when Marnie's been out in the past. He had that injury, uh, kept him out for a few weeks, and we had a bit of a dodgy spell. Have we got anyone in the squad who can step up? We've played did it, We've played David Egger in midfield, Scott Arfield maybe could move inside. What are your thoughts on that, James? What, what do you think um, Sean Dyche will be thinking of if, as we expect, Dean Marnie will miss two games quite soon? I'm not sure it's hard to say, to be honest. Um, I fancy maybe bringing Arfield in, especially now Wallace is back and there's a little bit more support for the wings. Um, I don't think he'll go back to Edgar. Uh, I think last time uh, Marnie was out, he, he tired of using Edgar. I think they, he just wasn't particularly impressed with what Edgar was offering. Um, Egg, so I'd imagine... Edgar was very, very poor at Huddersfield in that game we lost. He was really, really poor. Yeah, he, was, he was hauled off pretty early as well, wasn't he, for a dive substitution? So, <laughs> yeah, it wasn't the last ten minutes of the game. Yeah, um, so I, I think maybe maybe we'd see Stock come back if he doesn't move Arfield into the middle, um, because I think Edgar's position on the bench here at the moment is justified by the fact that you can pretty much throw him on anywhere. If you you know your left back gets injured, which with the way Ben Mee plays is always a risk, he can go left back, he can go right back, he can go in the middle of the park, he can play centre back, isn't he? So I think you know when you're looking at the bench and you see he's mainly gone for attacking options and obviously the stand keeper and uh, Kevin Long, Edgar sort of fills all the other gaps that are there. Um, so he's he's almost like Graham Branch was for us to be honest, and uh, I think that's what justifies his his role on the bench, sort of a utility player. I think he's absolutely right on the bench. I mean, 
I'm the same as you. I'm a big fan of Brian Stock, but he has been injured recently. So whether he'd be up to coming straight into the side and question marks also maybe over how good he is in a four. I think he's much better in a midfield five when he can sit a bit deeper. Um, for me, we need someone who's got Marnie's energy, who can get in the opposition's face and provide that drive and set the set the tone for the rest of the side. I think Dave Marnie does that really well. The rest of the team see Marnie charging around and going into those tackles and disrupting the opposition. I think that encourages them to press as well. So it'd be our field for me. I would move our field inside. I think we've, we've mentioned this on the podcast before. and I think we've got the options out wide to do that with Ross Wallace back fit. We could bring Wallace back into the side, play Arfield um, inside, sorry. Arfield, of course, did sign as a central midfielder. So I think that's an option worth pursuing. Andy, what do you think Sean Dyche might do if Marnie is suspended for two games? I'm astounded you didn't say they'll bring Junior Junior in if they bring Arfield in the middle. I think he's well down the pecking order, unfortunately, Junior. <laughs> They played uh, Wallace has played in the centre, hasn't he? That sort of last season he had him playing uh, central midfield as well. Um, but I'd, I'd rather see Arfield in there. And Wallace looked all right on Saturday. I'm not a big fan of his, but he looked oh, all right bright, on Saturday yeah, when he came up. Right, he was inventive. He got a couple of good balls, and I think he put yeah. one on Sam Bolts's head, didn't he? And yeah, he did. Yeah. Just wide. He, he looked like he'd had a bit about him. Junior went on a good run as well, even though he was only on the pitch about two minutes. <laughs> I think he was bright. <laughs> I was wondering if that was going to come Is that Junior's music? Yeah, I was like, oh, we're 2-0 up, Junior's coming on, this is perfect timing. He ran about 50 yards with the ball and passed it when he should have had a shot. It was disappointing. Uh, maybe we'll see another a big contribution from Junior Stanislaus against Rovers, of course. Score against Some, Rovers at Turf Moor. Sunday has Keith Tracy so. written all over it, sorry. Keith! <laughs> Do you reckon? Keith just Salvation. Up. Be a cult hero since his former side. Maybe, maybe. It will be interesting. I mean, we've got so many options out wide at the minute. It's toss of a coin almost to see who comes on first. Wallace was pretty good in the half an hour he got at the weekend, but Tracy's been Tracy was playing really well before he got injured and Cartley came back into the side and Stanislas has been in and out and just playing bits and bobs from the bench, so plenty of options out wide, but yeah. We were talking about Marnie being suspended and it would certainly be our field inside for me, but we've not really gone for that option. I just wonder if Edgar's performance at Huddersfield put paid to that idea of playing David Edgar in midfield. And I wonder if we'll maybe look to get a loan in. That's another option, although I'm sure Sean Dyche will be keen to maintain the group, as he likes to call it. He'll want to keep the group together. But for me, if, if we had the chance to bring someone in of a similar quality to the midfielders we've got, um, to replace Marnie for a couple of games and someone with that energy and high pressing side, high pressing style, I think that would be well worth doing, especially we're only talking coming in for a month. So, yeah, that would be extremely interesting to see what Sean Dash has to do. <laughs> a couple of comments just on what James was saying there about Sunday being made for Keith Tracy. Tom Williams says, if Keith scores the winner. <laughs> just leaves it there. I think everyone at Nona Never would just die of happiness if Keith Tracy scored the winner on Sunday. I barely calmed down after Junior's goal at the turf when we played him before Christmas. So, yeah, if Keith Tracy comes up with the goods on Sunday, well, we'll send him a free T-shirt, put it that way, and <laughs> we'll sell a lot of the Keith T-shirts if that happens. Um, we should probably talk about Sunday then. I'm, I'm not quite nervous yet, but it's up obviously that 34 year record unbelievably long time since we've beaten Blackburn Rovers 
We said this the last few times, but this must be our best chance in recent memory. Rovers are on a little bit of a decent run. I think they're five unbeaten, and before the weekend, sorry, they were five unbeaten. They got beat four, four, four nil, five nil at Bolton. I think it was four nil at the weekend. So. Yeah, they've come off the back of a hammering and a sort of local derby, so we'll be hoping it's the same again at the weekend, James. What do you think is going to happen at the weekend? Do you think we'll be right up for this one? Obviously, you can't really predict what's going to happen on derby day, do you? But what are you expecting from the weekend's game? Oh, I think David Jones had it right when he said in these sort of games, form uh, goes out of the window. Um, but I think I think the players know how, how important it is to the fans. Uh I know Scott Arfield will certainly know how important it is for the fans. Um, obviously, having made the mistake in the last game that, that cost us what was surely going to be a victory. Um, I know there's been a bit of talk about David Dunn's going to make it and maybe uh, <coughs> Hanley might make it back, but it does sound like they're going to they're going to struggle to see those two play. I'm sure Dunn obviously will uh, come out whether he needs to be on crutches or not for a one last derby game but um, I think without Hanley Ings and Volks could really have a field day there or I could just not turn my mic on sorry is, um, is David done fit or is he uh, is he still injured well, apparently he said he's going to be fit um, he's he's been wheeling him on when he's wheelchair and he'll score an offside goal off his uh, leg in a plaster or something this time. Yeah. yeah, to be honest, I think actually it's a benefit for us if he does play because they've they've got better players than David Dunn. Yeah. Um, so if he does play, it's, it's probably taking away a, a spot for a better footballer. Though obviously we know that the derby doesn't necessarily um, feature a lot of football. No, I think it's. It, like you said, phone goes out the window. It's one of them. I'm I'm sick of thinking we're going to beat them. I don't I don't actually care. I just hope that um, I, I want us to win. Um, but I've had too many years of worrying about beating them. I'd rather go up now, to be honest. And I think we will. And uh, seeing as we're second, and they're what are they eighth, tenth, or something? Um, we we might do it. Yeah, I think now now particularly that that, that good run they're on has, has come to an end. Um, well, I think we have every chance of every chance of eventually putting that 34 years behind us. I'm a little bit concerned now that Jamie's actually died rather than uh, just gone from <laughs> gone to do something. Um, close our, our, our short film debuted at the turf on Saturday. Oh yes, that was uh, that was very good. That was. Um, it became quite apparent though that every time it showed anything relating to Blackburn, that there was booze. From the crowd, which was became quite sort of pantomime esque, um, but it got a round of applause afterwards, which was nice. Hello, hello, yeah, sorry about that. Yeah, the booze, I wasn't really quite funny, wasn't it? I didn't see that coming at all, but it was, yeah, it was, it was pantomime though, wasn't it? It was quite oh, yeah, light heartedly, yeah, but I don't think any of us that had worked on it predicted that that was going to happen, so. <laughs> <laughs> caught us all a little bit off guard but yeah but I think it was all quite light hard and we've had loads and loads of really nice comments actually Adam you found a particularly good one on the site didn't you have you got that in front of you I can try and find it that would be good I think it was um, from a chap called 
called Steve, who was extremely complimentary about what we did. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, uh, I love it. An evolution of a rivalry. No more F wits. No more violence. Uh, good football, good banter. Best team wins on the day and live with the shame. If you're on the wrong end of glory... Um, I have Rovers fans as friends and it's be- always been this way for me we have a great club we are due a victory this year but honestly as this blog has covered dare I say there are more important things f- for the club than be- beating Blackburn this season oh, that's absolutely right I mean one of the things we, we said when we wanted to do the video wasn't it was that we wanted to show almost the, the friendly side of the rivalry show that it's not it doesn't always have to be about hatred it doesn't have to be about the fact that we can't stand each other, it doesn't have to be about the fact that it's all about getting one up on your rivals. You can quite easily um, rub along side by side and, and not have all this nonsense that we have off the pitch. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's exactly what we we're trying to do. So I'm really pleased that, that people got that from from the video. And we've had a question saying, is it going to be shown at Ewood? Um, we have asked and offered to give it to them, but whether they'll go for that, I'm not sure, so yeah, um, we'll make an announcement about that when we know. But yeah, we can't can't say anything about that just yet because we're not really sure. But yeah, Rovers at the weekend. Shall we do some predictions then? Is that um, getting a bit carried away? Maybe. What do you think? Can we do predictions for this? I think it's yeah. maybe tempting fate a little bit. I, I don't know if I want to. <laughs> I'm a bit scared. Right, let's go for it. Go on then. You can kick us off. One nil. Keith Tracy, 88 minutes. <laughs> Keith, Keith, talk us through this Keith Tracy goal. It sounds like you've visualised it quite a few times already. I, what I see happening is Kieran Trippier cross in. It's half cleared by the defence. Yeah, Keith I can see this. rifles it home, left-footed, into the top oh, definitely, yeah. from the edge of the day. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that sounds pretty good. Is, this is in front of the Darwin end as well, I assume. Yeah. Yeah, four and a half thousand Burnley fans going absolutely mental. We have sold out today, um, Monday. If you're not listening live, tickets have sold out. So the only place, as I've been saying on social media today, the only place to follow the action will be None and Ever Derby Day Live. Apparently, it's on this thing called television as well. But you don't want to be doing that. Follow the game with us, and it'll be the first time we beat them in 34 years. Hopefully, television gives you cancer. (laughs) Television gives you cancer. Uh, Yeah, probably that. Probably is a Daily Mail front page from some time. So, yeah, we can say that that's a fact. Uh, let's have a prediction from you and Andy. I trust you're going to be typically upbeat and positive. Um, when Robbie Blake scored against them in the uh, Premier League season, I think that was the highest highest point of my life. That was superb. But I think we'll go 1-0 down and then win 7-1. That's yeah, a- mate. <laughs> I think anything could happen, couldn't it? I mean, it's going to be seven. Form, We're going to hammer him. Form book goes out the window. I've, I've got a horrible feeling we could take a beating, but yeah, this Rovers team—I don't think they're anything special, really. Um, Jordan Rhodes, we were just talking about before, hasn't actually scored since January first, so he's certainly due a goal. Danny Ings has been four four games, I think it's four games for Ings without a goal, so he's due as well. So the two main strikers both out of a little bit of form, so. Whether that'll have an impact, you never know. But yeah, predicting things on Derby Day is basically impossible. Um, Just want to talk a little bit then about the promotion race in general and where we stand at the minute. Um, 
Adam's just pointed out as well on the Rovers um, thing that the last three games have all been draws. I think they've all been one all as well. So if you are having a bet, that's probably a good one to go for, a one all draw. Um, I think that would be a reasonable result as well. I think everyone would be fairly satisfied with that. It would certainly keep us second place for now. So, yeah, I think we'd all be quite pleased if that happened. And, um, yeah, we are these people, the film that we've done. Hopefully that'll be on the big screen before the game, but won't hold your breath about that. I have just posted the link on the live thing and we'll be tweeting about that all week as well. Hopefully we'll get on some news channels as well. So, yeah, stay tuned for that if you haven't seen it already. And if you have seen it, please do let us know what you think because we've we've had a lot of good feedback already and it's only any point doing it if loads of people tell us how great it is and and how well they enjoyed it and how it sums up the derby. And we'll have lots of good stuff on the site this week as well about the derby. So make sure you keep an eye out for that. Um, just about the promotion race generally then, QPR dropped points again at the weekend at home to Leeds. So they've fallen away further. Forest took another beating. Reading, I think, dropped points as well at home to eight-man Yeovil. So results couldn't really have gone much better for us at the weekend, could they, James? They really solidified our grip on second place. I think the only real disappointment of the weekend was uh, that Charlton couldn't, couldn't pull off a shock. <laughs> it would have Leicester. been a shock, wouldn't it? Like, Charlton are in the bottom three. I think Leicester at home were as, as close to being a banker as possible. I mean, when you look at it now, um, obviously I think we started a, a real slide for Forrest. Um, QPR are just all, all at sea since uh, Austin's been out. Um I think I think Leicester had quite an easy run in though as well. Um, the only real challenge you can see on their fixture list is Wigan away, who are on an absolute storming run at the moment. Um, so I think at the things keep going the way they are. You'd expect Wigan to maybe uh, get that fourth spot with QPR if they carry on, potentially even missing out on the playoffs altogether. Well, that that would be a shocker, wouldn't it, if QPR fell out altogether? But. At this stage of the season, I always think it's about momentum, and we've certainly got momentum. Four wins out of the last five. We haven't lost in the league yet since the turn of the year. Leicester, obviously, on a fantastic run as well. We've brought Forest and Derby's unbeaten run to an end in the last week or two. So, yeah, it's certainly all going in our favour at the minute. And QPR are going to be without Charlie Austin for most of the rest of the season. I think he might be back for the last three or four. So, what they're going to do for goals, I'm not really sure. They've relied on Jermaine Genius to come up with one at the weekend, but he's not going to score many. And the strikers that they brought in on deadline day, I'm not sure any of them are going to be prolific either. So QPR might struggle a little bit for goals. Yeah, you'd fancy Doyle to score if they, they start playing to, to his strength, but um, I think QPR don't really believe in playing to their strikers' strengths. Otherwise, they would have got a lot more out of Austin as well. Um, I think a big thing on Saturday was they, they probably got off the hook when Leeds obviously missed the early penalty, um, which you think if it had been 2-0 to Leeds early on, they would have really struggled from there. Yeah, absolutely. I, I saw most of that game and yeah, McCormack missed the penalty, but then had a little bit of luck from uh, the deflection on his free kick to put Leeds 1-0 up, but it was all Leeds really in the first half and QPR were probably lucky to escape with that one from a draw and Talking about momentum, they've got none at the minute and they're falling away completely. And as you say, Wigan are the team coming up on the rails. They're a long way behind us, so I don't think we have to be worried about them. But all the teams in the playoffs must be watching out for them coming up. But Andy, what about the rest of the league? Is there anyone else you think might make a late charge or do you think the top six is going to stay roughly as it is now? I think it'll 
probably stay the way it is. Um, or Blackburn were going on a bit of a run and um, the local press was sort of waxing lyrical that they're going to get in the playoffs. I can't see that happening, personally. Uh, I find it quite amusing that QPR have fell away. Um, I'm sick of seeing it on the television every week. Um, and, you know, that in the, say, in the paper today, there's just no mention of Burnley whatsoever and we're second with a five-point gap. I think we're just going to sort of cruise in there and... Um, and no one's going to really notice until the end of the season when we get promoted automatically. Well, we are starting to get a little bit more press, aren't we? I mean, uh, the Vings boys were on Football Focus at the weekend, and obviously the derby this weekend's on Sky, so there'll be a lot of talk around there. But I think we are still operating under the radar a little bit. I, I don't know how much that's going to change after beating Forest and Derby so comprehensively in the space of a week, but it seems to me like somehow we're managing to stay pretty quiet and a lot of people haven't really noticed the fact that we are still up there at this far to go. And that five-point cushion for me is absolutely massive because it does mean we can afford to slip up this weekend. And even if we did lose it, would, I don't think it would have massive effects on the confidence just because that's losing it. Losing to Rovers is just kind of what Burnley do, so it shouldn't really affect us for the rest of the season. James, what, what do you make of that? Do you think defeat at Rovers is the sort of thing that could disrupt us or we've bounced back from defeats already this season haven't we do you think we've just put it behind us quite swiftly I'm asking you to see into the future a little bit but what do you think that Sunday's game sorry what do you think the impact of that could be I think it I think it'd be okay for the players I think they'd bounce back it'd possibly be tougher for the fans um, because at this stage even a setback on Sunday doesn't really take away that Challenge, sorry, that name of being uh, the best, You're right the, the best team to go for second. I just couldn't think of what word to use. Um, <laughs> being favourites for second, um, because even dropping the, the three points there wouldn't really uh, necessarily bring everyone else that much closer to us. So, for the fans, obviously, it'd be a big blow knowing that we've got a good chance of going up automatically. Um, that it might be our last chance for a little while to actually win a derby game because after a defeat on Saturday you'd say that Blackburn's hopes of playoffs are, uh, have gone out of the window I think Rovers will still think they've got a slim chance if you put a few wins together at this stage of the season you can sneak in there quite quickly but yeah I think they've gone on the little run and almost nudged their way in there and to lose 4-0 to, to Bolton who we've got to point out they're not a good team Bolton so to lose that heavily at Bolton at the weekend um saw the goals on the football league show as well. Was, Rovers looked absolutely dire defensively. I think they've got a couple of big players that they back out. The captain, Hanley, um, fortunately for the TV cameras, is not going to be playing. Uh, that's fortunate for the TV cameras because he would break them because he is spectacularly ugly, even for a Rovers player. So, yeah, it's a good job he's not going to be playing. And I think they've got a couple more missing as well. They were players playing out of position at the weekend, so... Hopefully they won't be back, but I think Rovers will probably try and bring in a loan or two. Um, but that's that's a different thing, isn't it? Anyway, Andy, you don't really want to come in alone, do you? And playing that sort of game in your first match against Danny Ings and Sam Volks, the best strike force in the league, that would be an incredible challenge for a player to come into that atmosphere. Yeah, it'd benefit us, wouldn't it? If uh, if that's is that is that what they're definitely doing? Is it bringing someone in or? I think they'll probably have to. I'm just trying to look at the team, but I'm sure Hanley was injured. 
and he normally plays centre-back, and I'm sure one of yeah. the other centre-backs there was injured as well. So I think they were playing Tommy Spur at centre-back, and he's really a left-back. So, I mean, if if I was Gary Boyer, and thank goodness I'm not, I'm, I certainly would be trying to bring someone in because they lost 4-0 at the weekend. They can't play that sort of defence against us because we'll tear them apart. Settle. I mean, it, it'd be unsettled, wouldn't it? Like the one of the main reasons we're doing so well is because we've had consistency of team lineups and things. Is it is that about the fifth game or something? That nothing's changed. Uh... Yeah, calm down, Billy Davis. <laughs> um, yeah, I think it, it, their team just getting swapped around like that is a is a benefit to us. So um, we're going to beat them. It'll be right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm looking for you to, to really reassure me, Andy, because the more we talk about this, the more I'm convinced we were actually going to lose. I were about <laughs> three the last time we won, so... <laughs> not not unless you count the uh, Manx Cup, which I don't think they do. We've had a few more comments on the chat while we've been uh, rambling on about this Rovers game. Just trying to go back to where we're up to. Uh, comments about Forrest, actually, and their couple of heavy defeats in the last week. Munch says they've been complaining they've only got 18 first-team players left because of injury. We've only used 18 players all season. That's spot on, I think. 18 players have started for Burnley, so for Forrest to only be down to 18, uh, tough. Basically, you have to cope with your injuries, and it's, it's just football. You have to get by, and when we've had injuries, Danny's missed a game, Dean Marnie's missed a few games, it's you just manage and you have to get on with it. Um, a couple of more points coming in as well. Uh, Roger says there's been no mention of Burnley in any of the press. We're definitely under the radar. Chris points out that if we do lose at Ewood and Derby beat Millwall, they could be above us by Tuesday. Uh, that is fair, but Derby coming off the back of a, a bad defeat at the weekend and Chris Martin will be suspended as well. So I wouldn't put it down on the table already that they will beat Millwall Millwall scrapping at the bottom me and Holwell will have them organised so I wouldn't assume that Derby will win that game although they have got two fairly fairly straightforward on paper home games um, Aaron Millwall points out as well he says this as well. sorry what was that? Millwall have upset a few teams this season as well it's worth mentioning Millwall Drew at Loftus Road, I think, didn't they? But yeah, I think they've beaten someone. Did they beat Leicester? Have they just made they, that up? They beat Leicester. I think they beat beat QPR as well at home. I think. No, they drew with QPR, and they two 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 drew with QPR, even at their place. So they've they've upset a few teams. I'd say, including us, with a draw as well. I, absolutely. I mean, I, I wouldn't worry too much about Derby at this stage. Um, a few more comments as well to go through. Aaron said, this team are record breakers. They only really have one left and that's Sunday. That's an excellent point. So many records have gone this season. Grounds that we haven't won at in so long. Places like Bolton, we'd never won at the Reebok. I think Ipswich was another. We hadn't won at Portman Road in a long, long time. We've put those records to bed, so hopefully it'll be the same on Sunday. Munch says, Rovers might have nothing to lose and we have the pressure, but Dyche has an amazing attitude to every game that will hopefully keep us in check. Gang says, Wigan are the team to watch. I agree there. I think uh, their early season failure was possibly down to the fact they were playing in Europe as well. And after they got rid of Owen Coyle, it's been onwards and upwards for them Aaron says as well Duff will be up for it it could be his last chance at Rovers he's had 10 years of us not beating Rovers so hopefully he'll be up for that and Roger says Hanley might be back Craney might be back but will they be fully fit exactly they could rush these players back and it, it 
wouldn't necessarily help. So, yeah, I think it will be interesting to see what they do. Just looking at their team from the weekend, yeah, they were playing Spur at centre-back and a chap called Lowe. Is that Ryan Lowe, maybe? I really don't know the Rovers team that well. Matt Kilgallen, actually, was the centre-back, but he went off. I think he went off injured as well, so no idea what Rovers are going to do for defenders at the weekend. But it, it will certainly be tricky for them to... They even had uh, that Lee Williamson playing. <laughs> Their resort to playing him again. Williamson, of course, famous for getting sent off at Surf Moor, stopping us from winning in injury time. Oh, it hurts too much to even mention that. It was absolutely horrible. I mean, our player would have done it the same as well, I imagine. But yeah, absolutely. Chris points out as well, Millwall have only taken three points from the last seven games. Really think they will win at Derby. Anything can happen in this league, Chris. Anything can happen. We've seen so many times that results just come out of nowhere. And I, I just don't think we should assume that Derby are going to win that game and their other home game in the next week, which I think is someone else who's down at the bottom as well. So you would expect them to get six points from those, but we could beat Rovers and they could lose that game and we could be nine points clear or something. So, yeah, you never know. You never know. And Jack says he thinks Williamson is injured as well. He was stretched off the other week. Well, he started on Saturday, I think. So he should be fit. But, yeah, Blackburn Rovers, Sunday, kick-off. What time's kick-off? 12.15 or something? Making us kick-off at 10 o'clock in the morning. It'll be some ridiculous time. Um, if you're not going to the game, it is, of course, on TV, but the best way to follow the action would be with the known and ever Derby Day live blog, which will probably kick off pretty early because we'll all be nervous and wanting to get it going and get it underway. Obviously, we'll all be, fingers crossed, Burnley can put that ridiculously long record behind been smashing records all over the place this season, so let's hope it's another one. Just been told on the live chat two different times, 12.45 and 12.30. I think it is 12.30. So we'll have the live blog up and running about noon on Sunday. We do hope you join us. We are these people as well, of course. The Derby Day film that we have done, it's online now, it's on YouTube. We'll be shoving that link down your throat all week. Hopefully we will get on telly with it as well, so we'll keep you up to date with that. Um, Thanks to Andy and James for joining me this evening. Thanks to everyone who's listened along live and joined me with your comments. We always appreciate that. Thanks to everyone who's going to download the podcast as well. Let us know what you think. We always want feedback. And we will be back same time next week where we will hopefully be able to talk about Burnley's first win over Blackburn Rovers in 34 years. So that's what we're tuning into next week. But for now, that's it from us. Good night. You've been listening to the No Nay Never podcast. For more, visit nonaynever.net. And don't forget, follow us on Twitter at nonaynevernet. Nonaynever.net, the independent Burnley FC blog. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.